One of the most challenging tasks that a choir director can be faced with is trying to help young male singers through their voice change. It can be very frustrating for both the teacher and the singer. One of the things that often happens is that it becomes difficult for the singer to access the falsetto part of their range. Well, today's episode of the podcast discusses a few strategies and exercises to assist your young singers and also talks about the challenges of bridging the vocal gap and matching pitch through this difficult time. Let's get into it. Here we go. everyone and welcome to the choir director corner podcast i am your host mount walker thanks so much for joining me here today now before we get started make sure that you hit subscribe so that new episodes will automatically download into your podcast app of choice all right so pause right now go and hit subscribe and then come on back. All right, here we go. So as I mentioned in the intro today, in today's episode, we are going to discuss how to help your young male singers access their falsetto during or after their voice change. There was recently a question about this, and so I made a type of tutorial video that young singers could use as a resource discussing this part of the voice change and walking the singer through some exercises to navigate the transition in and out of falsetto. I have a link to that video at the end of the episode, but let's dive into this topic a bit. When working with a young tenor baritone bass, getting into the falsetto range can be a difficult task, especially if the singer is currently going through or has just gone through their voice change. Accompanying this change can also be a reduced ability to match pitch, which often leads singers to be labeled as tone-deaf or non-matchers when that just isn't the case. I like to use one of my former students as an example, and I'll call him Jack. Jack came to his first choir lesson with me in August of his ninth grade year, and I asked him a few questions, including if he had any instrumental experience. He said yes, he'd been playing piano consistently for about nine, ten years. So when he says this, I'm thinking to myself, this is a student that musically should be really in good shape. Well, we started to go through a few vocal warm-ups, and things were not in good shape. He was really struggling to match pitch, which to me didn't make sense. With his substantial piano background, he should have a pretty good ear. And so at this point, things were not adding up. And then I asked, Jack, did you notice your voice changing significantly at all recently? And he said, well, yes, at the end of school year last year. And so we started then exploring his lower range, and he was matching pitch pretty well between F2 and C3. It's about five, six notes there just at the bottom of his range. And that's when it all started to add up. His inability to get above that note, C3, was not because he couldn't match pitch. It was due to his voice change. And this is confirmed when I tried to get him in his falsetto with a siren and sliding up into it, he was unable to do that. 
it was just not there. It was almost like the falsetto is non-existent. And that also is another sign of a voice change. Well, after that lesson, Jack and I agreed to meet every so often for a quick vocal check-in. I would give him a few things to work on each time, and I would then have the opportunity to see how he was progressing vocally. Well, by October, he was getting up to E3, so a couple of extra notes, and he was starting to be able to get into his falsetto range. By December, he was up to G3, so added a couple more notes, and at that point, he was able to do a siren and get into his falsetto. There was still sort of some gaps in his range getting in and out of falsetto, but he was getting up into that. By the end of the school year, he was getting up to almost middle C and could then consistently access his falsetto. It wasn't always easy, but he could consistently get in and out of that falsetto range. And then the next fall when he came back for his 10th grade year, he was singing D4 full voice and there was very little gap in his voice when he was navigating in and out of that falsetto part of his voice. So you might be asking, what strategies or exercises did we utilize to help Jack through this process? Well, here are six strategies that I think you may find helpful. Number one, I kept him singing throughout the process. It's really important that singers continue to sing through this process of the voice change, even though they may feel very self-conscious about their voice. This can help the process go smoothly, and the singer also then has the opportunity to build confidence as they go. They also have the support of the singers around them who often have gone through the exact same thing that they are going through vocally. So having that support system and that, that camaraderie, you know, facing the same challenges together, that is an important part of the process as well, giving the singers the support that they need. Number two, working in five note scales or slides and starting where they are currently matching. So starting in that singer's lower register where they can match helps to build that confidence. Often when they are going through that voice change or just have gone through that voice change, their range is going to shrink to five, six notes all down sort of at the bottom of the range, much like the situation with my former student, Jack. And so using five note scales or slides, working your way up then after each one by a half step helps the singer to work into the middle section of their voice. It's also going to give you an accurate assessment of where in their range they're able to match pitch and also where they are getting stuck. So with Jack, I was sort of measuring each time, okay, well this time he's getting up to an E, right? Before the voice just kind of starts to get stuck. It just feels like it can't get any further. It's like a stick shift of a car. It's like you put peanut butter in your uh, your manual transmission and it just kind of gets stuck there. It just won't go into the next gear, right? And so then each time that we met, I was able to say, okay, now he's up to a G. Now he's up to an A. And so being able to measure that, that's a, uh, an important part of the process as far as that uh, informal assessment goes as well. 
Strategy number three, using the owl hoot as well as descending scales. So I like to use the hoot of an owl to help singers vocalize in that falsetto. So just a very simple ooh, ooh. And that also can sort of help to open things up a little bit there, opening that throat, creating some space too. Like those are all good things as well. I like it because it doesn't have a specific pitch to it. And so if a singer doesn't have to sort of hit that exact pitch, that kind of helps to reduce that anxiety a little bit. You know, they're already kind of going to be self-conscious about making this sort of sound. Um, So if you can, you know, take some things away that reduce that anxiety, like the specific pitch part of it, and just, ooh, ooh, getting them up into that part of their register. Just like, okay, do your best owl imitation, right? And just kind of be something funny that you can do. Now, once they are able to do a hoot, I have them slide downwards on an oo, or you can also use a sigh, taking note of how low they can slide in their falsetto. So for instance, ooh, ooh, and watching where that part is, where that spot is, when they are switching then back down out of that falsetto, right? Or again, like a sigh. And again, looking for about that approximate spot. But again, it's without pitch. So it's taking away some of that singer anxiety. Now, it's really important that we do this process starting from the top down. Down. So starting in that falsetto range and working our way down so that we can start to bridge any vocal gaps in the voice. Before we continue with our next three strategies, a quick word from our sponsor. Are you looking for a choir activity that will work both virtually and in person? An activity that will build the soulfish skills of your singers? Well, the Choir Room is Lava Soulfish version is just what you are looking for. Many of us played the Floor is Lava game growing up, and now that game is a fun, engaging activity for your choir. The game can be played as part of virtual learning or played in person while projecting your screen. Or you can even print off all the materials and play it like an old school board game. You even get PDF instructions and a video tutorial on how to play the game. For more information and to get your copy of the game, head on over to choirdirectorcorner.com forward slash the choir room is lava. And that link will also be down in the show notes. And remember, watch your step because the choir room is lava. Number four, bridging the gap. So at first, when singers slide down out of their falsetto, you may find that there's a gap in their voice, even dropping down as far as an octave. So, where there's that big gap. You can tell they can still hear what the pitch should be, but they are dropping all the way down as they're sliding out of this falsetto. And the singer may not even be aware that they are doing this. So at this point, I will have them sing a descending five-note scale, just like I did on an ooh. with the scale placed at a point where the singer starts in their falsetto, but by that end of that five-note scale, they should be ending in their middle voice. So I'm sort of forcing them to navigate that switch in a downward pattern, in a downward scale. As the singer descends, see if you can identify the specific 
spot where they are switching and isolate that exact note where they should be in middle voice. And that's a, a spot, a note that you're going to want to uh, really take note of here because we're going to use that in just a second. Having the singer practice the scale, attempting to hit that exact note without dropping down into a lower pitch when they switch, okay? That is all going to be part of the process as far as bridging the gap. So that's strategy number four. Now strategy number five is start back at the bottom and work your way back up. So at this point, you can now start back at the bottom of the singer's range and have them singing. You can do arpeggios, you know, uh, do, mi, so, mi, do, you know, use it on a yaw, 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 and working your way up then by half step. You can also do a slide on an ooh if you want to. Uh, you can, again, you can do a fifth. You can even do an octave. Ooh, and then back down. With either exercise, the goal is to be able to work your way up to that note that we just identified in the previous step, that note where that was sort of the, the first note that they were singing in that middle voice when they were coming down. Now we want to see if we can get back to that spot going up. Okay. Once the singer can do that, you can then work towards sliding up into that falsetto range and then back down into the middle voice. This can be done without pitch, such as a siren, right? We've all, I'm sure we've all done sirens before, or had our singers do sirens. Or again, you can go back to that octave slide. So sliding up into the falsetto and then back down into the middle voice when they come back down. When a singer is able to do this consistently, it means essentially you have bridged that gap in their voice. And now they're on their way to once again having a seamless vocal range with access to all of those different registers of the voice. And they're able to access those consistently. So strategy number six, this is going to be more of a mindset thing than it is a technical thing. Number six, preach patience and camaraderie. Now, it can be very frustrating as a singer to not have control over your voice. Now, it's an even worse feeling when there is little you can do about that situation. And during a voice change, sometimes all you can do is, as I mentioned, continue to sing through it. But it's really just waiting for nature to take its course. Now, that's why it is so important to emphasize patience with your young singers. They're going to get impatient. They're going to want it to work right now. And that's not always going to be the case. And so it's also going to help to work towards building a sense of community in your ensembles. And the reason why that's important, you know, in the case of young male singers, creating a sense of camaraderie, creating a feeling of we're all in this together, which, you know, if you're at the, the middle school level, chances are they are 
are all going to be, or most of them are all going to be at this process, at least one of the steps in the process at some point. So a feeling of we're all in this together, that can help sort of reduce any anxieties over the stigma of that voice change. Again, singers of this age, they get very self-conscious, but you can sort of take that stigma away and just be like, you know what? It's all part of the process. It's okay. Our voice is going to crack at some point. That's all right. Like everybody's voice does it. We're going to work together to get you through this process and you're going to come out the other end a better singer because of it. And so that is a huge part of this preaching, patience, community, and camaraderie. So if you'd like a resource that you can share with your young singers that goes through some exercises and strategies on how to navigate the transition in and out of falsetto, I have put together a video that does just that. I would encourage you to have a look at it and feel free to share it with your students and also, you know, really use it however it fits your needs. The video is on my YouTube channel, but you can find it directly at choirdirectorcorner.com forward slash falsetto. And again, I will put that link down in the show notes for you. I hope you find the video and the strategies discussed on today's episode helpful. Do you have another strategy that you've used to help your young singers get into their falsetto range? I'd love to hear about it. Just send me an email at matt, M-A-T-T, at choirdirectorcorner.com and let me know. Well, that's it for today's episode, my friends. Don't forget to hit subscribe. And if you'd be so kind, please leave the podcast a review. That will help us get the word out to more of our choir director colleagues. Thanks so much for listening, and I will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Choir Director Corner Podcast. Don't forget to check us out over on Facebook at www.choirdirectorcornergroup.com. Mm-hmm.